It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today the Adam Ritz Show is on campus, Texas A&M, and we are with Texas A&M football, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. Okay, can you feel that love, the Aggie love? Thank you so much, College Station. Uh, our guest is Alex Caesar. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am fantastic. What year are you? What position are you with the Aggies? I'm a sophomore going into my sophomore season here. I play defensive back. Defensive back, fantastic. And I want to talk to you not about X's and O's or how hard you've hit people, which I can probably guess is pretty hard. Pretty hard. Um, I want to talk to you about your service projects, the community service that you and the Aggies do. What do you got for us? Uh, we participate annually in the mission called the Twin City Missions over in Bryan, Texas, and we help those kids and go encourage them and help the uh, families there and clean up around the place and build new parks for the kids to play in. Twin City Missions, and I'm going to guess we can just search that online. Twin City Missions, right. maybe TwinCityMissions.org. If it's not that, then just search online for Twin City Twin Cities Missions, right? right? Both cities and missions are plural. Right. Okay, Twin, twin Cities. Uh, twin City Missions. Twin City Missions. Right. I got it. Okay, I'm slow, but I'll catch on. <laughs> twin City Missions. Right. And uh, you help the kids. You build playgrounds. Uh, what else do you do there? Um, we clean up the windows, uh, fix food for people, just um, everyday life activities, just help those kids and kind of encourage them. And even the families, some of the adults there and give their kids a safe place to play and have fun and just to basically taking everything and know that how blessed we are and just to help them and encourage them. That is great. And you make, you said you make meals. Do you cook? Um, I do a little something, something in the kitchen. You know, I'm not, I'm not a professional chef or anything, but I've been known to. All right, give me what, what's the Alex Caesar special in the kitchen? Um, Alex Caesar special. I'm a breakfast type of guy, so you know, anything with eggs or anything like that, eggs and cheese, omelets. You know, I got it. (laughs) That's that's our egg and cheese expert, Alex uh, Caesar. Okay, and it's Twin City Missions. Uh, It's Texas A&M Aggie football doing their part to make this world a better place. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here, including Alex Caesar. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We're in the worldwide headquarters of the Adam Ritz Show inside the studio with Jenny Chando. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back. Hey, good afternoon. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about fitness. You uh, Just to reset for our listeners, you're a fitness expert as well as, uh, and this is a totally bonus, you're a, a, a world-famous television journalist for the Fox <laughs> Network. World famous. I don't know about that, but yes. World, my, well, yeah. You're, my, we're recognized all over the place, my, aren't you? Yeah. My job is as a morning news anchor and journalist reporter, um, you know, all, all things included. So what we're going to do today is, is talk a little fitness. I want to learn more about it's 5K season. People are training. People are getting ready to get out and get some fresh air and run a 5K. Uh, and we love 5Ks because most, if not all of them, are for charity. Uh, if you can, start with a little 5K advice for me. You know, I get out. I try, I try to stretch. I don't stretch that much. 5K, it's not the end of the world. It's only three miles. Uh, what's your advice right. for a guy like me? Yeah, 5Ks are awesome because it's, yeah, it kind of introduces people to the world of running, jogging, walking, just being active in general. It 
it's a nice uh, it's a nice distance too because if people think okay I've got you know 30 minutes to an hour to work out you're going to be able to get a 5k done in that amount of time so they're fantastic what I would recommend usually is if somebody even if somebody had been you know jogging or running for a long time it's nice to follow a training program of some sort. It doesn't have to, I mean, it's, it's a 5k, you know, any, most people can kind of get through it, but it's nice if you have that as a goal, if you're thinking, okay, I want to up my fitness level and I'm going to train for such and such 5k in a couple months. It's nice to come up with a training program of some sort. So for some people that'll mean walking for some people that'll be running. And for some people that will be running it faster than they've done it before. So, um, I uh, actually, the Mayo Clinic is, uh, has a really, really nice training program. And what it does is it tells you when to walk, when to jog, when to run, and when to rest, which is the most important thing. Um, because the last thing you want to do when you're just getting into a training program is get injured. You know, it's almost, it, it's just so common that people are really excited and they're really overzealous and they're like, I'm going to run this 5K and I'm going to dominate and I'm going to beat my friends and beat my mom and dad or beat my kids, you know, and, and then they get into it and they're running every single day and not taking time to stretch, like you said, and not taking recovery. So the stretch is really important. Um, I think we've discussed this before how it's really controversial when people should stretch. There's a new research that comes out every year that indicates stretch before or stretch after. Um, I typically with clients will have them do a real easy warm up. So um, that warm up usually want it to be about 10% of what the length of the run is going to be, if that makes sense. So uh-huh. in five, 10 minutes for, for 5k training. Um, and, and then you can start in on your run. I typically have people stretch afterward and also stretch indoors if possible. So if you're running outside, I mean, some places right now are still really cold. It's still really cold outside. So get to a place when you're going to stretch. Um, maybe if you know, if you can, if it's really cold outside, if you can come back in and stretch inside just so that you're not cooling down at a rapid rate, but that stretch is going to be important. And the reason why is just because you're building muscle, you're building strength as you're running and as you're going, the more strength that you build, the more likely you are to have some sort of injury because your muscles are tighter. So it's sort of a, a catch 22, but I always, you can, if you feel like stretching before, then that is fine too. But I always advocate stretching afterward. But, and then also, like I said, I, I'll post that, um, Mayo Clinic training program. Cause I really, uh, I've looked at so many different ones and this one just has an appropriate amount of rest and recovery time. And it even has a program for people who have never run before or, or ne- you know, never done that before. C- Cause it can sound a little bit daunting you know, mm-hmm. 3.1 miles um, for somebody who's never done that before, but it's so doable. It is so doable. So it's kind of nice because you can do that. You can run, you know, run around your neighborhood for free. If you've got access to a treadmill, you can do that too. If it's still a little snowy and icy outside of where you live. Um, but that pr- training program is going to kind of set you up so that it's not a huge task ahead of you. And you can just kind of go little by bit. And you're telling me that stretching is important. I, I'm grimacing hearing know, you say that because I whenever I run and I am no great runner, I'll, I'll go five K is my limit, you know, yeah, and I'll go I in my you. neighborhood and I'll you. run three miles. It takes me a half an hour. It's mm-hmm. three 10 minute miles, yep. but I'm from the mindset that I don't want to take five minutes to stretch before I start. And when I'm done, I'm done. And I go in the house and I shower, I'm done. So, um, is it that important? You're killing me. Look, I have to it stretch. Is. It is. You have to stretch. You you have to stretch. Yes, you have to stretch. Although, or or our next topic is going to be, Jenny, what do I do now that Adam's hurt? Yes. Well, Adam, you stay at home and you do nothing. You ice and heat and rest and recover and, you know, 
get lose all I the guess. progress you just made. You don't have to stretch before. And and again, like I said, a lot of uh, I'm certified through the American Council on Exercise. Uh, I follow many of you know their philosophies, but there are so many different stretching philosophies out there. But I do say you need to stretch at least afterward. Well, I hear you. Okay, and that makes uh, a little sense. And from my novice point of view, I would I would say stress on um, stretching before you run. But I'm learning now. You you want me to stretch you after I run? Because especially because a 5K runner typically is going to be running outside, so the weather conditions can be it can be a little bit cold. And like I said, if you've got an injury or if you have you know if you if you feel like there's something in your body that you needs to be stretched out, but stretching a cold muscle, it's almost like okay, so you know. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of that, like a Gumby. Okay, you remember Gumby? I don't know, do kids still have Gumby? Okay, so Gumby, while he is regular Gumby, it's like you can bend him and stuff and he's awesome. But have you ever put Gumby in hot water? He gets even more awesome. He gets even more bendy. (laughs) So that's sort of like your body. Like you're warming up your core temperature, you're warming up your muscles, and then they stretch in a much more fluid way. Okay. It's like when you warm up food and it all kind of melts out. Like it's a lot easier to stretch your body that way. Like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say if somebody really loves stretching beforehand, that's awesome. But I'm always about efficiency and in terms of being efficient and increasing your flexibility, you want to do it once you're a little bit warm as opposed to going out into, you know, what we've got now, 30, 40 degree temperatures in some parts of the country and stretching and, 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 you know, and then running and then getting hot and then cold and then not stretching at all. You want to do it while you're warm, like fluid Gumby. And if you're too tired to run, just play with a Gumby. That'll be That's fine, perfect. too. Yes, that's totally fine. Our guest is Jenny Anchando, fitness expert. We're talking 5K, and now let's say you're a little more expert, uh, and you've done a couple 5Ks under your belt, and then it's half marathon season, 13.1 miles. Uh, what do you say about the 13.1-er? Okay, the 13.1 is awesome. However, I, I caution about this. There are so many studies uh, that have been done that really um, can indicate some some being injury prone if you're doing a lot of these. Now, some people are runners. They were made to run. That's what their body you know, was made to do, and it can work really well with them. I just caution people if they are somebody who starts to notice some joint pain or starts to notice, you know, I've gosh, I'm getting shin splints. I'm getting injuries on my knees. Sure, if you really want, if you have to do that as your goal, if this, if you are passionate about the running, do it. There are just, there's a lot of other options out there in, in terms of fitness. I'm not by any means discouraging people from doing it. I've done it myself. However, I don't I don't do a real long event like that more than once a year because this body has to last me for a long time. And it's a lot of pounding. You know, yeah. it, it really is. I mean, it, you always want to think about longevity and you want to think about, um, you know, I mean, look, look at the injuries that, that professional athletes have, mm-hmm. um, you know, later on in life. They're yeah. not running marathons. They're not running half marathons. So think about your longevity and, and really pay attention to your body. There is, I mean, you do that, but for what? You know, to prove to somebody, to prove yeah. to yourself, I get that. I, that's the same reason why I've done it. I don't love running, but I do want to have a heart, healthy heart, healthy lungs, uh, you know, and, and overall feel like my body is functioning properly. But as soon as you start noticing an injury, you have to take that as a cue. It's a lot to put on the body. The other thing with that is you really, it's really recommended that you follow a training program too, specifically with a group. Because when you have a group and maybe a, a coach, and often these are volunteer coaches too, um, YMCA's often have very low-cost training programs or even free training programs, and those are all over the country. Um, but it, as long as you have that coach there, that person can help you sort of recognize when that injury is coming. And also, you know, maybe scale back on it. You don't want to think, okay, I'm going to be running 13.1 miles, and 
you don't ever get up to 13.1 miles in your training. So you may do that maybe once or twice, but it's not like you have to run it all the time. Mm -hmm. You you typically will do two, three days during the week of shorter runs and do those a little bit faster because you're working on sort of getting your cardiovascular health up and getting your speed up. Then on the weekend, most people will do that as their long run, their endurance run. So it'll go week by week by week. Mayo Clinic also has a a training schedule for that if you don't want to do it with a group. But I do recommend, um, you know, doing that with a group just because for safety reasons, you're going to be outside most likely, um, you know, just cars and such traffic, somebody to keep you company. And then also somebody to watch out for those injuries because, um, there's no sense in, you know, proving, Hey, I can run this distance if it's going to be, you know, to the, uh, what's the word, uh, detriment of your own body. Run with a group so that when you get halfway out and yeah. you want to stop and quit, somebody else will have a cell phone yes. and they can call yes, a cab and for they you. Can say, oh my gosh, Jenny has passed out on the side of the road. And I tell you what, in all honesty, I have I have done that. Um, I have done a, ha- a half marathon where I did not train, where I was like, well, you know, I mean, I was doing other endurance activities and I survived. It was fine. If a client did that, I would not be happy with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, you know, I experiment just like everybody experiments. I wanted to see what would happen. It was not enjoyable. I got through it. And you but, couldn't walk for a week. Right, right. But it's like, but, but for what? So, I mean, you know, that was a while back. So you, you learn from those things and, um, <laughs> you know, it's like now I tell clients that sort of cautionary tale. It wasn't fun. You want it to be enjoyable. You yeah. want it, you know, you want fitness to be enjoyable. You don't want to leave it saying, I am never running this stupid thing again. So well, I can tell you from experience, I mentioned earlier that I, I go 5k. That's yeah. my limit now. Mm-hmm. The reason is because I went through that phase about 10 years ago where I got all uppity and wanted to run marathons and I did two marathons yeah. and the first one was fine. The second one, I hurt my hip and it took I mean, a year and a half to be able to just go to sleep at night, let alone go run a mile. And now here, I think seven years since that horrific marathon I tried that ruined my hip, I I can only go three miles now. And 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 I don't like you anymore having heard that you did a marathon, right? It's like, I would have never even known. It's like, it's like, for what do we do these things? Yeah, I, it was. I wish I could go back and not run that second one, so that I could go run a, a 10k right now. Because I can't go more than three miles right now before that hip bothering me. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's a very true story. And like I said, for some, some people are really made for that. Um, I'm not that long distance running. I am not either. I mean, if people saw me, you know, five two, sort of built like a football player, uh, you know, like compact version. But yeah, so so long distances don't really suit my body in particular. So you know, every once in a while, sure push it, do it. If you don't get hurt, you know, you know, then, then you keep going. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good, you know, thing to tell people because, um, you know, sometimes just short and efficient. Is and, a little bit better. and like you said, you, this body's got to last you your whole yeah. life. So now I'm thinking, okay, when I'm 70, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to have, I won't be able to live on a two story house because of that stupid <laughs> marathon right. I ran in 2003. <laughs> Uh, Jenny Anchando is our guest, fitness expert. I saw on your website, JennyAnchando.com, where you're going to post the uh, fitness yes. training for the 5K as yes. well. I'll Jenny... probably actually post on my fitness Facebook page because I have easier access to that. If you okay. just search on Facebook, Jenny Anchando Fitness. Okay, Jenny Anchando Fitness on Facebook. Yes. Search that out for the training program. Yeah, I've been doing – it's part of um, NB, the MBA's whole overall wellness get fit program. So uh, the MBA encourages 
teams all across the country to basically provide resources for the community. So it's like, you know, you're going to basketball games, you're a basketball fan, you're watching it, these guys are athletic. Okay, now let's do something for the fans. So to do free workouts for people, which I love. Um, so what I can tell because your face I'm just so lit up. Excited about it. I'm so excited about this project. This is something that I have wanted to, you know, to have materialized for a really long time because I'm just passionate about giving people free information. So um, the first workout we did is called a Tabata style workout, which is awesome because you can do the whole section in four minutes. So you can really get your heart rate up in four minutes. Um, and it's a certain amount of seconds of on time, then a certain amount of seconds of recovery time. We do four different moves and then you repeat that over four different times for a full workout. And then of course you can repeat it too. So if you go on there, um, it's on, if go to my Facebook page, I'll post the link to there. Um, and then I think it's already up and then you can kind of follow along at home too. You don't need all the workouts too, by the way, you don't need any equipment. If there's any equipment, it's something like a towel or your floor or something like that, or sack of flour. You know, I like to do all those weird workouts like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's, um, it's free for people, which is really important. Just like the running we talked about, I, I like that because it's free because you can just go outside and you really don't have any excuses. But I think it's neat that the NBA is doing that. They're really making an effort to, um, you know, combat obesity within their fans and, and viewers. Free workouts. We love yeah. the free stuff. And yeah. uh, you can learn more on Jenny's um, Facebook page, Jenny and Chando Fitness. Jenny and Chando, thank you so much for coming on again. We look forward to have we bring you on as a regular guest. You're you're a member of the show now. I hope well, you know that. Thank you, thank you, and congratulations on your show being all over the place now. By the way, thank you. Yes, we're we're keeping uh, picking up markets, and we're uh, now nationally syndicated. So uh, it's due to a lot of your efforts too. So thank you so much for coming on, Jenny and Chando on Facebook and on Twitter. It's at Jenny A Fox Four. Yes, and also it's don't forget to stretch. Ah. Uh. I'm so glad you said that because I, I already go. forgot. I couldn't go. I couldn't go without this reminder. And you know, I'll check up again next time on you. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. What a pleasure it is to welcome our next guest. This is Paul Poteet. Hi, Paul. Hi, Adam. Thanks for uh, letting me on the show. I wanted to have you on the show to talk about uh, your TV show, Pet Pals. Mm -hmm. You're the uh, you're the co-host of Pet Pals along with Patty Spittler. It's a nationally syndicated television show mm -hmm. about pets and their pals, I guess, which is you. Are you the pal or is the pet the pal? Well, I'm the pal of a couple of cats at a home, but that's about <laughs> it. And I never I never had, like, you know, doggies and kitties when I was growing up. We just had, like, neighborhood pets. The closest, my I think now, looking back, my mom and dad were kind of like a little bit of clean freaks, and so maybe that's why we never had the, the cats or the dogs. So maybe I'm, if I'm on the shrink's couch, I'm getting a little bit of what I didn't get from mom and dad now. So, so currently, uh, in your house, it, it's, it's a cat house. It's, <laughs> yes, I live in a cat house. Or a house of cats, with cats in it. I, I don't know what, okay, two, you two, have cats. Two cats, no waiting. Two cats, no dogs, which, you know, and cats, I have nothing against dogs. Some of my best friends are dogs. Patty's dog, who's my co-host, Patty Spittler, she has one of these 100-pound you know, dogs, uh, and uh, who's on the show all the time, too. His name is Louie, and so he's like, he probably is the most recognizable of the three of us. 
Very good. So as the host of Pet Pals TV, uh, I wanted to bring you on the show to talk about uh, some of the social issues uh, surrounding the pet industry, uh, maybe pet adoption or um, pet abuse. I know there's a, there's a whole lot of everybody cries when they see the Sarah McLaughlin commercials. I mean, with pet abuse going on or, uh, you know, people, some people don't even realize it's a crime the way they treat their pets. Uh, I guess I wanted to bring you on the show to just talk about some of these hot buttons and maybe what you see come across your desk. There have been, in this past summer, it was record heat all over a good part of the country. And there are several locations uh, where all of a sudden all of these stories come up of uh, there's a, uh, somebody goes shopping and leaves the, uh, you know, the, the dog in the, in, in the car, this, the old thing, not even cracking a window and thinking that's going to take care of it. So a lot of it can be weather dependent. Uh, at times like that, we get a lot of stories about uh, people not just common sense and you know not to hey yeah it's amazing i come out and here come the dogs there's one of your viewers see (laughs) they're taking the dog out of the vehicle though to go with them that's 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 a good idea not leaving the dog behind to just bark off in the distance so (laughs) what are the chances and there's that dog now so we talk about uh, just basic things like that, and we get involved in adoption stories to where we might be able to show some, uh, a lot of times it is it is a dog, sometimes a cat that's been abandoned, and maybe it's older, it's hard to adopt. That's the thing about adoptions. They can be very dependent on the age of the animal because somebody doesn't want to come along and maybe get invested emotionally with a a dog that may only live another year or two. So we've been in a couple of situations where Pet Pals has done a a story about a dog or a cat like that, and somebody does end up adopting it. And and as we speak on this trail that we're by right now, there goes somebody running with their dog. Can't do that with cats. People love their pets. That's it's the thing. crazy. And Just it's, look around us right now. And if people want to enjoy the outside, what's one of the things they think about doing is, is going out, especially with dogs, obviously going out to the park with their dog. And there's, there's somebody with three of them all at once. I tell you what, I draw a pet crowd. <laughs> I can't help it. It Everywhere can't be stopped. Go. It You're... must be the liver I have in my pants right now. <laughs> You're a star. <laughs> Paul Poteet is our guest, co-host of Pet Pals TV. And we're going to, if you don't mind, bring you on the show uh, mm-hmm. sporadically through the year to talk about issues like pet adoption and, and pet abuse and um, uh, not only, I guess, some criminal activity to go along with how you maybe mistreat or abuse animals, but some of the fun st- stuff you do, too, with pets, maybe on some recent segments you've had with Pet Pals TV with you and Patty. Uh, what are some of the fun things you've done lately with pets? It wasn't that long ago that we were in the middle of downtown and and getting footage of a skateboarding dog. I forget what the breed was, but this dog was, the owner would set him up, you know, get him on the skateboard he would take off go you know several hundred feet and the camera person was you know tra- tracking him down and it's one of those things you don't believe it till you see it that's the beauty of the show so we can show people these and but it's not just you know stupid animal tricks it's mm-hmm. uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to perform to get on the show <laughs> but it is pretty wild but you know sometimes you don't even have to train uh, the dogs to do you know, I guess uh, I can't let you go without mentioning. This just popped into my head: the uh, the Bob Barker, the um, the Price is Right, the old Have Your Pets spayed or neutered. I mean, it's a it's a social issue. That uh, do you guys cover that type of stuff? Oh yeah, we've and we've done some uh, work with local there's spay and neuter clinics. There are places that actually they'll set up in a mall because a lot of times people just 
I don't know, maybe feel intimidated about going to a vet or they just they, maybe they've never been to one before and so they don't know how it works. And it's easier maybe sometimes to engage people in a place they're going to go anyway, like a shopping mall. Uh-huh. And so that's one way that some of these agencies try to combat the problem instead of trying to get people to come where they might be. They go to where the people are. I think Drew Carey is now the host of The Price is Right, and I still think he says that at the end of every episode. He says, uh, yeah, it it isn't verbatim like Bob Barker said, but it's it's pretty much the same message, too. And you notice when he took over The Price is Right, he also became Bob Barker. He began to shrink. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe there's only one suit on the show, and he had to. He didn't have any choice. Paul Futit is our guest, and uh, we want to get your digital properties out there for everybody. You, you do a thousand things, and Pet Pals TV is one of them. Pet You're Pals. a really interesting guy. You've got a great Twitter following. Let's learn about your Twitter and Facebook and your websites and everything else you want to promote. You can go to uh, paulpotet.com, and it's spelled P-A-U-L-P-O-T-E-E-T. And so I've worked with radio and television and now online stations. I do some uh, weather media work. I also do forensic meteorology consulting for people who want to figure out what the weather was like three months ago yesterday in wow. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And then I also wow. am involved in this show as a pet owner. It was kind of an easy sell because Patty, my co-host, is a lot of fun to work with. The stories, you know what, it's just it's a half an hour of pleasant television. We try to accentuate the positive. They aren't Mm -hmm. like freak when animal attack stories because (laughs) there's so many of those already. And besides, Patty and I don't want to get that close to the to the alligator. So it's just I hate to say feel good, but it is. It's one of those, you know, half an hour that's that's pleasant. You'll laugh a couple of times and, you know, you'll feel good after you watch it. But you can find out everything else I do in all the other places I work with at pulpoteat.com. It's pulpoteat on Twitter and uh, pulpoteat.com on Facebook, too. And the show, uh, Pet Pals TV, is syndicated nationally. Check your local listings, check your uh, Comcast listings, and you can also go to PetPalsTV.com. That has all the information specific to that show, too. You can join the community and you know, post pictures of your pet, too. People kind of like sharing pictures of their pets. Yeah. It's kind of like kids. Crazy for pets. Well, Paul, uh, we look forward to having you on again. Thank you for joining us. Let me uh, just get this out of my wallet. This is a picture of the two tabbies. Here, come back, Adam. Go, come back. <laughs> and don't forget to have have your pets spayed or neutered. This is Andrew Seymour, General Manager of the Fort Myers Miracle, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. Continuing uh, on The Adam Rich Show now, we have a special guest, Mary McLean Rock. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing uh, fantastic, and I'm honored to have you on the broadcast. You are a champion swimmer with Special Olympics. What is your uh, event or series of events, or how many events do you do? Uh, this year I did 25 butterfly, 4 by 25 free relay, and 100 free. Now, I saw you speak on stage to an auditorium full of people to promote Special Olympics, and you did mention that you do not like doing butterfly, but yet you're the champion at it. Yes. And how does that work? Because I've been practicing it with the coach for a while, so he's been changing my butterfly to make me look good on stay, on in the pool. Okay, so butterfly and freestyle, and of those two, your favorite would be freestyle. Now, how do you train for these uh, for these races? Because I go to practice on Fridays, and we're done with practice till mid October, and then I will start back up with butterfly and free. And I also on dry land, I also have a personal trainer that has been helping me get my legs and arms ready for swimming and doing a lot of other stuff. So out of a course of a week, seven days, how, how much do you train? 
I train, I go to dryland with my personal trainer every Monday and Wednesdays from 3 to 3.30. And then swimming Friday night, 7 to 8 p.m. at Butler's Pool. Now, what advice do you have for me f for swimming? I enjoy to swim, but I don't like the temperature of the water. I think it's too cold. When you jump in the water, is it freezing? Do you even notice it? What advice do you have for people that like to swim but don't like that cold water? Sometimes it's hard to get in cold waters, but then I just get in and start swimming, and I don't really care if the water's warm or cold because I start swimming and I don't notice the water temperature. Well, it's just like it's like Dory from uh, Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, Mary uh, McLean Rock is our guest, champion swimmer with Special Olympics, and you, since you are a champion. Uh, have become a spokesperson for Special Olympics. What can you tell us about uh, your experience with Special Olympics? I love working with the staff at Special Olympics. They always help me with stuff. If I need to know what else to do, I go around and help them. And I always have a smile on my face every time I go in the office, and they're like, how is everything? I'm like, I'm really good at everything. How is your guys' day? Well, that's the one thing I've learned at the student leadership uh, uh, conference that we're at uh, about the Special Olympics and the Olympians like yourself and the athletes is that it just puts a smile on everybody's face. So for our listeners uh, checking out this broadcast, if you want to get involved, please Google Special Olympics. Learn how you can get your own high school in your own area to be a part of this student leadership uh, initiative to involve your high school with Special Olympics and, and people like Mary because it's a really fantastic thing. What is your single most favorite part? of being a Special Olympics athlete. I love how I sometimes on the weekends, my mom and I and dad, we go swimming as a family. and We love swimming as a family together. It's fun to swim with them. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. Maybe you've noticed that uh, the football season has begun as the NFL training camps have sprouted up across the country. And I wanted to give a shout-out and props to a Baltimore Raven who... Uh, right now was probably nursing his muscles uh, after practice, but uh, last week defensive end Chris Canty uh, did a great thing. He works with the food bank for New York City, and he went to his hometown in the Bronx and worked with some teenagers uh, by helping their eating habits, swapping out foods full of sugar and fat with healthy alternatives. The 31-year-old Chris Canty said, I realized as I've gotten older and my body has become my business, that nutrition is so important. It affects your ability to focus. It affects physical performance. So we're trying to get that message to teens a lot earlier than I got it. And we want to wish Chris and the Baltimore Ravens the best of luck this season to continue to do great work in the Baltimore and New York area. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.